Kilometer.com. Alive, surging up from the depths of the sea on a tidal wave of terror to wreak vengeance on mankind. Raging through the streets on a rampage of total destruction. The Gamezilla Podcast. Is this the end of our civilization? Prepare for gaming domination. The mightiest monster of them all. Grimlock the Dino 9, Gamezilla. Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last slide of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me in the GameZilla Media Studios, my producer, the Deadite Knight. Holla at your boy! We're just having some fun now. Every time we throw our hands in the air. No, every time you throw your hands in the air. Every time I throw my hands in the air. No, now it's not going to do it. My green screen was just freaking out, so... I don't know. Whatever. Anyways, welcome to episode 274 of the Games of Love podcast brought to you by our supporters at patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Go there. Start your patronage today. Financially contribute to the health, success, growth, and life of GameZilla Media and all of the great podcasts that we produce every single week. And uh, patronage starts at just $1. You start getting special perks at $1. Exclusive access available for you. Shows you can't get anywhere else. Only available to our patrons starting at just $5 per month. And, uh, you know, we're trying out some new stuff with the actual Patreon perks involved here on the GameZilla podcast. We're trying to do some more fun stuff with the pre-shows that we record and upload to Patreon every single week. Uh, But also, we are trying to go beyond the simple voting to influence what happens here on the podcast. We are trying to move into allowing you to make a suggestion of a topic you'd like to talk like us to talk about. And, uh, you know, we're going to get into that a little later on in the show. You'll see a real example of what it's like to suggest a discussion topic here on the games on the podcast, but that's available for our patrons. Patreon.com slash slash games. Little media. What level is that? Is that $5, $5 level allows you to make suggest, you know, Throwing your suggestion every single week. Or it might be a one dollar. I'm not sure. Yeah, we don't really know what we're doing, so that's, it's cool. That's Craig WK. It's his job. Yeah, it's Craig's job. Craig's not here. Shout out to our newest patron, Antonio. Thank you for becoming a patron. We appreciate it. Welcome to Games of Media. All right. Well, we got uh, plenty to talk about. Uh, Deadite actually did most of the news uh, hunting today. Which normally means we're going to have a terrible show. Yeah, but I was pretty impressed today. You did a, You did a good job. You did a very good job. I think the weakest, the weakest news topic today was actually my topic. So there you go. That's true. But That's anyways, true about this week. Enough about my pathetic life. Now that work is super busy, let's get into the news. The news. I'm searching the web for the latest gaming news. Searching GameZillaMedia.com. Downloading headlines. What about this monster story of yours? Download. Topic number one. We got some big news here. Big news. We're going to make news. Sony makes a purchase. They pick up Insomniac. This is huge. The, they uh, pick up. I, I like how it's like, it's, yeah, I went to the store and picked up, picked up this new video game. Sony's like, yeah, I just picked up a studio. They acquired <laughs> I like Insomniac. That. that sounds bigger. No, they just they bought them. I picked from up a the dollar sh- store. I picked up a shawarma after work, and Sony picked up <laughs> yeah. one of the biggest development That's studios. That's how it available. goes. Yeah. 
All right, but no, for real, uh, Insomniac was purchased by Sony and uh, brought on as a new exclusive studio to Sony, which, I mean, track record-wise, they've pretty much been a Sony developer um, besides a few games here and there. We had a laugh because uh, there's a Facebook uh, satire account called The Hard Drive, which you know it's similar to the onion or you know sites like that and they but it's all technology and video game based satire and uh, the headline that they put out today was insomniac employees shocked to find that they weren't already owned by Sony <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. And I mean, the reason being they did Spyro, they did Ratchet and Clank, they did the Resistance series. Um, obviously, Spider-Man being their most recent mm-hmm. um, you know, game that was fantastic. But uh, so we I mean, this was something that we talked about a while back on the show. You brought this up saying, hey, didn't we call this? And so back when like Xbox and Microsoft, where they were adding so many studios to their to their team. um, they we, we talked about who what like what could Sony do or, you know what what could they do and you came up with that point of man they should maybe buy Insomniac um, because it seems like they already did you it, know what yeah, I mean like exactly it just made sense so and so with that with I mean again obviously it made sense here we are they did it and this is a really good move for them because. A, you already have a bunch of franchises that this game has made for you that you can continue to work on. But also you've, you know, you got Spider-Man now that that we're we know more is in the works for that franchise. And now you have this company that has a crazy track record of great games that is just gonna be a Sony exclusive moving forward. So that's just that's solid. I mean, you put this you put this team up there with Naughty Dog, with um, Santa Monica, you, like they they are a top tier developer for Sony now. Yeah, it's really crazy to think like if you just survey how much the landscape of the gaming industry has changed in the last three years, solely based on these acquisitions that the the big game publishers are are gobbling up these studios, companies that you know were hot free agents that could you know you wanted to get to make you games for your system. Are now locked in, you know, and, and owned. So, I don't know. It, it it's not surprising to me, and I think this is probably something we talked about years ago. It, the The video game industry was an was an arms race of bits. Who had the best graphics? Who you know whose games had the the best load? You know, like simple stuff that was like measurable. But in the last few years, it's been an arms race of who can acquire the best talent to make games. And that's what is, you know, how the rivalries between these these major companies are really shaping up. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's a couple of points, a couple of thoughts I had about this. But first, um, Insomniac Games was founded back in 1994. Uh, they had been independent for 25 years, primarily working with Sony, like we talked about. But they had made they had made games like Sunset Overdrive for the Xbox, um, and I think the what was the little submarine game that they published through GameStop? Uh, Song of the Deep. Song of the Deep. Yeah, that, I don't think that was a PlayStation exclusive. So, but anyways, they've been around for a long time, and this so this is a big move that they're um, that they're locking that Sony's locking in here. Which brings me to my next point is uh, Sony did they came out and said Insomniac will become an exclusive PlayStation developer. That was a statement made by Sony today. Um, and I guess to me that 
it makes sense. But at the same time, I'm kind of looking at the strategies that are out there right now. So Microsoft has bought a lot of companies up, and we have started to see where Microsoft is sharing, though. So, yes, they technically own these studios, and yes, they might get first dibs at a game, but we're seeing where Microsoft might take a studio that should be exclusive and instead use it to go across multiple platforms. Mm-hmm. Where Sony's buying, you know, acquiring this, this, this developer and straight out coming out and saying, they're going to be exclusive to PlayStation 5 and PlayStation for PlayStation Future. And so it'll be interesting as time goes on and this whole cross-play, cross-save, cross-everything um, world that we're starting to, we're starting to really want and, and, and partially be in already uh, grows. And we'll see if Microsoft's decision to take some of their exclusives and actually share them benefit them larger than, say, Sony just acquiring a, a, a good company like Insomniac and tying them down. So here's something I, I was thinking about earlier today, and um, I'm going to not give details because it spoils part of our next conversation, but a uh, a game that we really like that's a that was a Microsoft exclusive is officially announced for the Switch. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more later, um, but I was thinking like, okay, fi- what does this really mean? Is this specific game one that caused people to buy an Xbox? Maybe not, but it's it was a really good exclusive game, which is something Microsoft needed. I, mean, I don't think it sold many Xbox. I would guess but... it didn't. At this stage of the life of this game, it's on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. So at that everything's on Game Pass. Everything's on Game Pass. <laughs> so if you think about it, Microsoft sharing this this title with Nintendo is just sort of a no-brainer to make money. Like it, it, It's a really smart move because anyone who owns an Xbox has the ability to play this game, essentially. Yeah, but Microsoft also owns Minecraft, mm-hmm. which they share everywhere. Oh, that's true. Microsoft owns... Um, oh, wow, I forgot the developer's name. I can't believe it. But uh, The Outer Worlds. Yeah. That's going to be it. That's going to be on multiple platforms. I'm not now that and one. That's a new title, so that's a, okay. that's a little bit different than what and my thought one, philosophy was. Right, and that one was in development. Be, I think, well, not I think. I'm pretty sure was in development before the purchase. Yeah. The the acquisition, but um, but at the same time, when they made that deal, could they have brought it in and said, "Well, it's going to be on Game Pass," but we're not. It's not going to like we've canceled the PlayStation yeah. Four edition. They could have done that. I, 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 I mean, they own them at that point. They sure they could have done that, but they didn't. And so, it is. It is a different, you know, thought process here coming out of Microsoft. And I think you know, overall, they're moving into this world of we don't necessarily need to win the console war. We just need to win, like, the game, like game sales. We need we need the outer worlds to outsell the next Elder Scrolls. We need yeah. you know we need this to beat Halo. Well, maybe not Halo. It's a bad example because they're both Microsoft. We need this to beat whatever, whatever you know. Insert God of War or something like that. Yeah. So I mean, it's an interesting thought because they are definitely going for uh, games as a service, services. Period with Game Pass <laughs> or whatever you know or, or X Cloud or whatever you want. 
And then, yes, you're still going to be able to buy an Xbox. And sure, you could still buy games for that Xbox. But in the end, Microsoft is really trying to kind of take that world that they're so good in when it comes to business and take an 0365 you know, monthly service account and take a Windows 10 that has really become this this ever-growing living operating system that we just keep paying into and now take the Xbox franchise and, and moving in that direction where PlayStation kind of feels like they're setting themselves up to try yet again the old style of how things were. And I just don't know that people... Like, they'll still sell... Like, there's plenty of Sony fans. And there's plenty of people that want to play The Last of Us Part Two and, 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 and the next God of War. Like, I'm one of those people. But I think you're getting to this point now where people just want access to the games that they want to play in as many areas as possible. And like you said, without spoiling things, but like the game we're going to talk about, I've played it so many times. And I'm thrilled that it's coming to the Switch. See, I, I wonder if the, the thought process between Microsoft and Sony going forward is, is Sony is, like you said, still trying to build on strong, exclusive titles, and that's what the, their brand hangs its hat on. Realistically, Microsoft, over the last couple generations, hasn't, Outside of the Halos and the Gears, you know, they just haven't had quite as many of those big titles. So I wonder if it's a, well, we can't necessarily play the same game as Sony. So instead of having maybe the best exclusive games, we can be the most accessible company. We can try to get the most people to want to play with us by being open. Let Sony be close because... It just it looks like they're taking a different route to trying to achieve popularity and achieve an install base. And I think that's a good thing because that diversifies that makes the brands different. Yeah. And and again, Insomniac moving to PlayStation is not a if this is the way it goes and they do, you know, they do kind of capture them and, and make them an exclusive to the PlayStation five only. Like that doesn't bother me at all because the majority of games I've ever played from this company has been on a PlayStation unit. So like when the next Spider-Man comes out, I'm going to play it. And you know, and if for some reason they rebooted the Resistance series, I'd play it. You know, even heck, if they brought out Sunset Overdrive 2, if cuz I don't know technically since that was a Xbox exclusive who actually owns rights, is it shared or is or does Insomniac own it? If they owned it and they brought the sequel out on PS2, I'd play it. I I really enjoyed that game. So it's not that I'm worried about that this is a bad decision. It's just an interesting it's an interesting thing to look at right now because I think yes you're right. Microsoft years ago realized they weren't going to win this war that the the con, the, console, the console war that people always talk about. How many systems did you sell? How many systems did you sell? And Microsoft finally said, "You know what? We're not even going to report our numbers anymore." They have, they haven't reported Xbox numbers in years. It's just been an estimate. From, from just the industry. So, like, no one knows how well the, the Xbox One truly has done besides Microsoft themselves. And that's because they changed their mindset back then and said, we're going to work on the Game Pass. We're going to work on getting people to actually let us, uh, and hopefully they, they'll share too, cross-play, cross-share, get this stuff going because that's that's our idea. And, and the best part about it is 
that also seems to be the way the industry and the community are leaning. So even if it was a guess, if it was a hunch, if it was anything, when they could, they didn't feel momentum, they guessed it right because this is the way it's going. People with Fortnite being that game that really, really brought it to that forefront is that like, I want to play Fortnite and I want to play against people on PC and people on their phones. And I want to see who's the best of the best when we all play against each other. You know, no excuses. You got a keyboard, you got a mouse, you got a controller, whoever ends in the, you know, whoever wins in the end wins. Like that was a, such a cool concept that it really has pushed to the point now where every time a game comes out, we're like, we talk about it. We wonder if it's going to fe- allow it. Uh, Destiny 2 is going through a ton of changes right now. And next month, they're going to be changing a bunch of things. And we're sitting here like, well, we got cross-save where we can move our stuff. But can a PC player play with an Xbox player? You know, like these are things that we're talking about a game that's how old, that's had so- that's been so beat up that we're still like, man, but we wonder if we could do that. I'd, I'd do that. I'd go play- back and play Destiny 2. It literally brings life back into mm-hmm. games that have suffered. That's Very important. True. And and PlayStation's not not playing that game. All right. Still hell of a hell of a uh, of a job on Sony's part to um take care of that. And we called it. So Cuz you, you got to think of something too. You you've been independent for 25 years. Uh Spider-Man sold 13.2 million copies which is the studio's most successful game ever. And then you sell. Like, I get it, you sell at your high point, right? Like, so, so your asking price or whatever the deal was is going to be top dollar. But at the same time, as an independent, you didn't need, like, I'm sure at that point you didn't need to sell. You were in good shape. So it's interesting that it, that it went down this way. I would, I'd love to find out more about why the deal was made, considering that Insomniac is probably more profitable at this moment than they've ever been. So why? Why, why sell unless some people just wanted out? Mm-hmm. It was time for them to, to move on. and it may Make your m- hundreds of millions <laughs> now right. and have financial security for the rest of your life just in case uh, yeah. your next game bombs and your studio goes under. That is true. It, those it can, those it guys are set quick. up for life, and there's a good chance they all still have jobs. It's not... You know, I, it's not like you sold the hardware store you work at, and uh, now you're retiring. Like right. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure it was just a good time to make some money. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into uh, topic number two here. We have Gamescom going on over in Germany right now, uh, which is actually your world's largest gaming convention. Mm-hmm. Um, but just a few months after E3, so a lot of your announcements aren't necessarily huge, but you are starting to see gameplay or see things that maybe were announced at E3, and you're finally getting your first hands on. You know, it's more more interactive. Uh, set up there. And that's why I'm excited to talk about the the next trailer for the Intellivision Amico got rolled out today. No. Uh, no. They had a little sizzle Just reel. Stop. They showed it off and uh, they had, you know, like one of the guys that works there hyping it up with some dramatic music behind it. And, uh, you know, it made me really think like, holy crap, this thing's going to fail miserably. That's what we're talking about, right? The Kamiko. Oh, we're talking about Nintendo Indie World. Nintendo did what? They had an indie world <laughs> showcase. Uh, 6 a.m. Pacific time, 9 a.m. Eastern time. They did a live stream on their YouTube channel today. Yeah. And they talked about something like, what was it, 25 games or something like that? Somewhere around that. It was yeah. 23 minutes worth 
uh, of, you know, your typical Nintendo indie event or your typical Nintendo treehouse where they, they they make little quips and comments in between showing the games and they rattle right through them. It's an efficient way to get a bunch of new trailers out. Yeah. So, so you, uh, I, this is something that you watched. I just recently watched it, so I'll chime in. But did you want to go through the list as far as like your um, your your big points that you wanted to make, and maybe a couple that you were disappointed in or thought uh, you know just don't think are needed? Yeah, you know, it's uh, my the way I looked at this indie world showcase as a I, whole. I, the way that I wonder if this is the way you looked at it because Sashin just said in the Twitch chat, twitch.tv slash games media, Nintendo port direct. Yeah, yeah, a lot of <laughs> a lot of ports getting announced. Um, but the, the way I looked at it overall was well, there's a lot of neat looking games here. I don't know if I want to play hardly any of them. You know, it was just a lot of games that don't appeal to the type of video games I want to play. And that's okay. I understand that not every uh, highlight reel is going to just blow my mind. So, you know, there was a few that that stood out from, from this that made me say, hey, I'd like to at least learn more about these games. But overall, I would say... 90% of these are games that I would probably never play. But that's okay. Like, you know, yeah, and I, I can wa- be picky. I watched it. I'd say I'm probably above. I'm like, I'm less than that. I'd say maybe like 70% of the games I didn't want to play. So yeah. there was a little bit more that, like, I was like, that does look, that looks pretty cool. And, um, but overall, I, I think you're, you're pretty spot on with just at least for us it's not our style of uh, of a showcase yeah where even the the one of the last indie events that they did i don't know was it like march or something they did one and i was like oh man a lot of these look really cool i, I just didn't get that feeling as much with this one but again different types of gamers could watch this and go oh there's a lot of stuff um, and I'll bring up, there's a specific genre that they showed off multiple uh, of this sort of game that doesn't really do much for me. Yeah, so, well, Player One Miggy just says n- that there's not enough dinosaurs for you. Not enough dinosaurs? And less, there's, there, there wasn't enough wrestling snakes. Not enough wrestling, not enough snakes, not enough sharks, just not enough animals, <laughs> honestly, is really what it came down to. Um, actually, every indie showcase that goes by that they don't announce Fire Pro Wrestling World for the Switch, I just die a little inside. <laughs> just because one of the devs one time said, I would love to bring this game to the Switch. And nothing's ever been said ever since. But that's besides the point. Let's get into what was actually announced. The first thing was a game that I think we knew was coming to the Nintendo Switch via a uh, Gearbox showcase they did a couple months ago to show off new Borderlands stuff, and that was Risk of Rain 2, which is an indie game, but it's being put out by Gearbox Publishing. Not to be mistaken by Gearbox as a developer who makes Borderlands, Gearbox Publishing does now publish independent games. So... Risk of Rain, uh, my understanding of it is it's sort of a top-down loot shooter, takes place on uh, on different planets, uh, and it looks like it could be a really cool game. I'm interested to see what this is going to price out at, because this is a game, it has the Gearbox flair for humor, and I think that could be enough to maybe get me to play it if my friends are playing it. Yeah, I mean, it looks cool. I think, like you said, we knew a little bit about this game before this, um, but as far as uh, as far as what we saw today, it was just it, it looked cool. I mean, if there's a lot of this style, a lot of this type of game kind of happening right now, right? Especially on the Switch, where we're seeing more and more of the of that mo- local multiplayer, online multiplayer, dungeon crawler style, you know, style thing. It's uh, it's okay. I mean, 
I like it, but I think it's also kind of getting saturated a little bit where I feel like there's a lot of it to the point where I'm skipping um, a bunch of games just because I've already played enough of them. Yeah. Yep. There's... But this one does have the Gearbox name that's riding with it, so that, that is important. That helps it out. Uh, next game shown off was called Eastward, and uh, you know it's it's being published by Chucklefish, who is a great independent publisher. Chucklefish is great. Uh, Stardew Valley, um, Pocket Brawlers, or Pocket Rumble, what you know it's called. They, if you go down the Switch, there's a ton of really good indie games that this company has been the one to publish and put out there for people. Um, but this game, uh, visually, and just sort of the appeal you get from it does have a very stardew valley-esque vibe people walking around the town you're going on missions but it seems like it's more of a puzzle based game but uh right away it had me thinking of that with another chucklefish published game again something i'll probably never play but if you if you kind of like uh looks like a like a puzzle rpg uh this could be a, a fun one for you a good good story based game uh, next one is uh, call, coming out fall 2019. I bet this is a grim day one buy. Yeah. It's called like cens- censored name Freedom Finger. We're just going to call it Freedom Finger. Oh, uh, this looks so good. You were like, you were kind of trashing it a little bit. And I was like, this looks fantastic. It's, it looks stupid, yeah, but also oh, it looks really Fun. I don't know. Okay, so let me I t- thought for sure right at the gate it was going to be an Adult Swim game. Like, yeah, I was like, Adult Swim's back. They're making this game. It, you're you're a fist flying through space. It's a side-scrolling shooter. Uh, you know, like. Uh, like Gradius or, yeah, yeah. you know, like R-Type. Yeah, R-Type, yeah. And you're flying through, and you're just a fist, and you're shooting things, and it's like a bullet hell, just bullets coming everywhere. And um, I'm like... This looks this looks dumb. Like I remember, like it's like Shitsumi or whatever it is, where you're like a fish flying through the air shooting stuff. The music's awesome. I thought for sure you would end up just being in love with this game just because of the music alone. It was so good. There's something about uh, like a space shooter where you're not actually a spaceship that like I can't buy into. (laughs) Again, like I brought up like Shitsumi, where you're like a fish flying through the air shooting stuff. I can't do it. Like. If you're a side-scrolling shooter, you need to be an airplane in my mind. Like, there's ones where you're people, like, flying with a jetpack. No, I want you to be a spaceship. But (laughs) they can't all be spaceships, man. They sure as hell can't all be spaceships. Gradius and R-Type already took that, covered all that. So Why break a a great formula? Because now, because tell them about the mechanic. The mechanic of this is every every one of the enemies in the game is also a weapon. So you're this flying fist flying there. You can grab the enemies that are all ridiculous looking and start shooting. Yeah. And they all do a different type of gun mechanic yeah. when you grab them. That's why you can't be a spaceship. You have to be a giant fist. But what if it was... I would honestly... Oh, Ma- God, don't say it. No, no, it would be fine if it was like a giant mechanical fist. <laughs> it's the fact that it's like a fleshy arm flying through the air, like shooting things. Maybe they got different skins that you can pick uh, through the game. We just don't know yet. They really should have showed that off in the trailer if they want to win me over because I'm, you know, they won you over with the voice (laughs) acting and the music. Oh, also big name voice actors. I think the guy who voices Bender, yeah, is one of the voice actors. Um, I was pretty impressed with the people they landed. I mean, that that couldn't have been cheap. I I like to think that somewhere the dev of this game they're sitting around and they're like. Man, I can't think of any reason someone wouldn't like this. And then, like, I'm like, yeah, but why? Why isn't it like a metallic fist? And like, oh no, we didn't think of that. 
<laughs> We've isolated part of our fan base. <laughs> it's great. Freedom Finger, man. It looks fantastic. Yep. I can't wait to, to enjoy the soundtrack. I, I'm a big fan of the side-scrolling shooters or top-down shooters. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to this just ridiculous, over-the-top fun game. For sure. Uh, next one is... Uh, it, it was the most popular genre at this indie showcase. And I'm honestly... Just burnt out of seeing these games. Um, Torchlight Two was shown off, and that is—I mm-hmm. think it's a game that's probably already out. It's a game we've known about. I don't—I don't yeah. know a lot about it. It's—it's a—it's—it's it's a, it's, it's a, a looty dungeon crawler. Yeah, Torchlight is a pop—I mean, a well-known dungeon crawler. But, but yeah, I mean, this uh, show, how many of these are we gonna get? This indie indie world showcase showed off multiple top-down dungeon looters and. I've never played Diablo, so I, I I'm not saying this as Wait, like you've never played. Diablo? I've never played Diablo, like any Diablo, not a single Diablo have I ever played. Wow! So because if if all of these are sort of hearkening to like that, that is the the top game of the genre, right? Like everyone knows Diablo. I've never so much as even played that. All of these other ones that just they're not they're not going to hook me. I'm not hooked or interested in that genre, and it solely is because I've never put in the time to play one. But I'm just, I don't have an interest in, in playing any of these. That's tough. The fact that you've never played a Diablo, I don't think you really know what you're missing. I, I mean, there's so much fun. And, I mean, you you are, I think you would, you get the idea of a Diablo game because of the addiction that you've gotten into with, like, the Borderlands, right? Yeah, yeah. As far as just loot and loot and loot. And so, I mean, Diablo has, yeah, you're right. It's the most successful, well-known, but uh, Torchlight's also good. Pillars of Eternity, you know, there, um, there's so <laughs> there's so many out there, but the fact that you've never played Diablo, no wonder why these are even more so on your, uh, yeah, are, are kind of wearing on you as far as like, oh my God, another one. Because I think... Because they all look so generic, like yeah. walking around a, a dungeon lit by torches, slashing at goblins as you take their their gold. Like, I'm like, I, yeah. Yeah, I don't care. You can miss me I on would, that. Yeah, I would like to see that this style just be used, but again, and like take it out of the whole like medieval or fantasy world and, and go sci-fi go go space, well that's why ri- risk of rain is i believe like a top-down loot shooter type yeah. thing like even that well, yeah a little bit of a hybrid is a little like, but again even if you take took a dungeon looter and you 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 put it in a sci-fi setting and you gave the guys lightsabers and laser guns instead of swords and arrows maybe i'd be more interested maybe we just crack something about me I'm I'm the opposite of your wife. Medieval things. Do I own any medieval video games? I don't think no. so. Yeah, I mean you're it's like just me. a, yeah. I just it's not interesting to me. But like, but your your wife, if she sees a medieval video game, she's going to buy and play it for three hundred hours because yeah. that's a that's a, a subject matter she is passionate about. Yeah, I mean again, it's similar to me where like Horizon Zero Dawn was. I was so excited for it because it was dinosaurs that were robots yeah <laughs> like i was like oh my god you've literally taken two of my favorite things and mashed them together well when it's a dystopian future where the world is being taken over by nature that have my money that's the grim like, game literally i'm handing the i'm <laughs> handing you my money speaking of which is biomute never coming out i know we're deviating a little bit <laughs> yeah, i was thinking about that because i've had it uh, pre-ordered for two <laughs> <Yeah>. years now <laughs> that's like, i think about that every time i like think about like oh i, I should pre-order this game now nah, let me wait and see if it actually comes out yeah. And then yeah, that was one my wife actually pre-ordered, yeah. and we just had it pre-ordered for like two years now. 
I just uh. saw it the other day. I was like, oh, son of a bitch, I forgot about this game. Yeah, who, I don't know what's going on with that. Hopefully. Uh. So it so cool. So back on track. Here's another game that is it, it was available today as a you know direct the the indie world showcase happened and this was available right then and there. Uh, it was actually something that leaked a day or two ago, so we knew about it. Uh, super hot. Yeah, super hot. So it's super hot an indie game that came out I think two years ago. Um, I guess it's it, there's nothing really quite like super hot. Uh, it's all sort of a white world. Everything's like wire framed, low low res, low, like low polygon, polygon count, um, and it's all like bullet time. Like as you move, time moves, and when you stop moving, time stops. Is my understanding of the game. And they showed this off for the Switch. It was originally like a, a pretty hot indie game on PC and Xbox uh, a couple years ago. It was it's big VR too, like real yeah. real big for VR. Um, you know, it, you hear a lot of things of how much fun it is. I, I think a lot of people will say the VR experience is the best. And then you know we've had a bunch of people playing on Xbox and everything. So the it's coming to the it's coming to the Switch. But you you instantly realized um, something about this game. So I I really don't know if it's in my mind. I remember when Super Hot got shown off. Maybe it was E three. Two years ago, we'll just call it for the sake of the conversation. I don't know if that's the right date or not. I remember they showed off Super Hot. I'm like, that looks really nice. That looks pretty. That looks cool. It looks stylized. Yeah, no, exactly. Stylized is in a simplistic way, but smooth. There's something about the Switch footage that was shown off for Super Hot today that I was like, yeah, I don't know if that looks good. So I don't know if it really does look worse which you might expect on it being a port to the switch or if like my taste has changed and I, I didn't have time before the show to pull up the original launch trailer for super hot to know but in my mind this didn't look as cool or as good as the original launch of of super hot yeah I, to me it, i think where it suffers and again makes sense being on the switch is like particle effects so i think yeah. i think when you're playing with a artistic style game like this, that's got the simplistic design to it, but it's, but colors and shade, shading and and even down to lighting play a huge role into something that doesn't have a ton of detail. It, that's what gives it more life. And mm. so the thing I think we saw in this trailer is we watched the Switch struggle in being able to present that aspect mm. of the of these of these games. And so. You know, again, we're basing it off of a trailer. We'll see the final. I mean, it's out today, so that is yeah. the final version. I would assume what we watched is a cut of the final version. But um, did they say how much it was? Is it? I think it's twenty-five bucks. Ah. Is what I was hearing. See, it's and, a little steep yeah. too. I don't think I can swing that. Yeah, like again, we're basing this off a trailer, and we're basing this off. Uh, in a sense, memory of what the game looked like when it was launched two years ago. So, well, and I'm not basing it out two years ago because when I I just I pretty recently repurchased the uh, VR headset for PlayStation, yeah. And so this was a game that I was looking at potentially adding okay. to, adding to my VR library just to have because because it, it gets rated very high as a game that you should own if you have VR. Mm -hmm. And so I um I think right now remembering that to this is why I instantly was like, yeah, this seems dull. It just seems kind of, yeah. it just seems kind of flat. Yeah. So. I think dull is actually a really good way of putting it. Just the original one seemed really sharp and clean. And there's some, something about this that just seems like a dull presentation, but that doesn't mean that if this goes on sale, that I might not scoop it up and try and play it because yeah. I think I, I've always thought super hot looked like a cool game. 
Uh, the next ten bucks. Do you buy it? You know, I'm I'm gonna say something that everyone who's listening is going to laugh at me and make fun of me. Um, I only have a 32 gig card in my uh, in my Switch, so I have the base 32. I have the base 32 gigabytes that came with the system, and then I have an extra 32 gig. How micro. do you only have a 32 gig? Best Buy literally gives you 128 gigs when you walk in the door just for walking into Best Buy. <laughs> yeah, I don't walk in there. Um, They're like, here you go. Here's your free memory card. So. I, I, I now only have seven gigs total left, oh, and I need to stretch goodness. it out till November uh, when Black Friday. I'm going to try to get like 120 gig or something on Black Friday. But I'm, I am I have chosen not to buy games because of the amount of space they'll take up on the Switch. Yeah. I, and that, I, I think that would be the case with Super Hot. I might be like, oh, I don't know, 10 bucks. I don't know if I can swing that. I also don't know how big that game is, though. That's true. But regardless, I probably wouldn't because of the amount of download space. If it's not if it's in gigabytes not megabytes, you're probably not getting me to download it right. for the next few months. Uh next game is is one that I don't know if I'm really interested in this game or if I'm not interested in this game. It's it's called The Tourist <laughs> and it it was it has Oh yeah, this is the one that you're like this looks really cool. I just need to know more about it cuz I'm not sure if I like it. So right away <laughs> right away I was like I don't know if I'm interested. The art style is all block based, so it looks like Crossy Road. Yes. Yes, uh, that was it, the first it, thought if I If you're had. familiar with Crossy Road, um so it's not block based like Minecraft. It's smaller. Everything looks like it's kind of made of really tiny Legos. Mm-hmm. Um and they show, you know, you're just this little guy going around a town, going around an island, and then all of a sudden you're diving off a boat, and then all of a sudden there's monsters, and all of a sudden there's puzzles. And I, uh, it looks actually really pretty, and I think it would look really nice handheld on the Switch screen. But they don't show you enough of what the point of the game is. Are you just a little <laughs> dude that's getting into these misadventures, and a giant squid will scoop you up and take you underwater? I don't know. Um, so I don't know if this is just an exploration game or if this is a plot. There's a plot to this, and you're trying to do something. They just didn't quite give me the information I needed in the trailer. Um, they they at least ha- have my ear. I'm at least listening to what's going on with this game. They have my attention a little bit. So we'll we'll see if if any more information comes about. But that's supposed to come out in uh, in November of 2019. Fellow penny pincher, would you kindly BMC comes on and says, man. Deadite, I bought a 200 gigabyte SD card on Amazon, micro SD card on Amazon for 25 bucks. Stop making me look like a big spender. One, you are a big spender. You and your fancy new cars. Okay, <laughs> you buy you buy cars that are are, are much newer. My my car was five hundred dollars. All right, in my mind, you are Scrooge McDuck. Is that the car that you're gonna be driving for like the foreseeable future, though, or are you potentially maybe yeah. I don't know. Buying a new car. Maybe I'll buy a new car. Oh, interesting. Not like a BMC. BMC is a race car like you, all right? Yeah, you guys are flashy. I don't know. You, will you have a touch? 200 gig, 200 gig <laughs> memory cards and, and a, 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 a race car, all right? You guys are big shots, not yeah. me. But, uh, yeah, if you want if you want Deadite to snap back at you and call you an asshat, then, you know, just jump on twitch.tv slash Media oh, yeah, Monday right. nights, just like BMC is. Listen, race car BMC with your giant memory cards, all right? Don't try to out-cheat me. You're not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> race car, come on! It's a Focus, for God's sakes! I, I drive the same car. It's a race car. Eh. I drive a 2002 Chevy Impala with a broken windshield. For now, <laughs> for now, I'm. I, I okay. Sidebar: We've sidebarred now multiple <laughs> times during this Nintendo Direct. My car's getting to the point where when my wife needs to drive it more than 
20 minutes away from my home, I get nervous. Yeah. I'm like, is it going to explode? Is she going to die in my car from my own negligence? That might be when it's time to look at a different car. Might be. Hey, think, things happen every day, all right? <laughs> oh, wow. All right. Hopefully she doesn't listen to the podcast anymore. She, oh, she doesn't. She stopped listening when Chops left the show. <laughs> oh, uh, fair enough. <laughs> years ago, yeah. like three years ago. That's fair. Uh, next up, Skelaboy. Skelaboy? I think it's called Skelaboy. Skelaboy. It is a... Dumb. Looks like sort of a Zelda-ish hack and slash Meh. sort of game, but it's it's 2D... It's 2D uh, models on a 3D plane, uh, and you, the parts of the skeleton are all interchangeable. The game looks visually very cool. It's unique. It's not a game I want to play. Yeah, no, nah, just not not interested. Yeah, it, it looks okay. I mean, it looks it looks unique. That's that's the best way I could put it. But it just didn't grab me as far as uh, something I wanted to play. Yeah. Okay. Me, yeah. me neither. Uh, Next one I want to talk about because it's a game I have wanted to play no, for a no, long no. time. No, 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 you're skipping one that we need to talk about. You want to talk about Earth Night? Earth Night, that's a big deal. Honestly, it's such a small deal to me, I already forgot what it is. Earth Night, it's the game that I got to play years ago. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Which, Earth Night to me is a bad name for this game. It should be called Dragon Runner yeah, XL I think, or something. I think, honestly, it might have actually been called Dragon Runner when I first <laughs> no, played it. No, it wasn't. There's, no, it was <laughs> yeah, Dragon yeah, Runner. There's a good chance that it was back in the day. So, so Earth, what is this? Um, Earth, uh, Earth Night is a game that I played back like when, like, maybe the first packs I went to. It's been around for a long time, and uh, it's it's evolved so much. But back when I played it the first time, all you did was run on dragons. It was it was literally just a dragon runner. You ran on the dragon, you try to get to the front of it, and then you would you know kill the dragon because they have taken over Earth, and then you fall to the next <laughs> dragon and you do it. Wait, is this it? Dragon runner? Is this? It? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I like that. I like that. I think so. <laughs> this game should be called Dragon Runner. Oh, it used to be called Dragon Runner. I think so. Anyways, it looks like it. That makes me yeah. super happy, actually. It, it, so, anyways, what was cool when we first played it is that the audio wasn't even done on the game. So you were playing this game, and you had it was silent. So what they did was the guy that like made the music for the game. They they brought him to PAX and they gave him an amp amp and uh, guitar and everything and we, he would wait for you to start playing and he would literally play the music live as you played the game. It was a really cool experience. Um, and then I remember like seeing it at a couple packs and then just recently, maybe a year ago or something, I stopped by the booth again and I was like, oh, you know, I'm just seeing where the game's at. And they're like, oh, you know, we've honestly tore a lot of it down and decided to change direction. And, um, you know, we added so much stuff. And so I picked the controller up and literally it's a different game. I mean, it is. There are aspects that you're like, oh, yeah, I rec recognize this piece and that piece. And everything else is like new and for the most part better. So it's a fun game that uh, you can pick up, have some fun with, and an easy pick up, put down. You know, don't have a lot of free time type deal. But uh, I recommend it. The and the, the the team behind it is a small group of, of guys that um, you know are clearly passionate about this project because they've put a lot of work in this over over the last god four or five years. So I just want to make sure they got a shout out because I, I did I did enjoy that game. Also, change your game. Music, change too. your game back to Dragon Runner. And some really good music. Dragon Runner. 
All right. Uh, next up, a game I've wanted to play for a while, as I was saying before I skipped over Dragon Runner. Um, Dragon Runner, a.k.a. Available Earthlight. today was announced the Hotline Miami Collection, which consisted of Hotline Miami 1 and 2. So this is a game that I think is perfect for the Switch in the sense of multiplayer-like capability. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is just a fun top-down shooter that's chaos. <laughs> chaos, it's violent, it's... Uh, I've only played the first one. I never yeah. played the second one, but the first one was a f- lot of fun. So I'm disappointed. I w- remember around E3 when uh, Devolver put out like that, that like, it was all like bootleg versions of their own games. Yeah. I think one of them was Hotline Milwaukee. Yeah. I was hoping Hotline Milwaukee was going to be included in <laughs> the Hotline Miami collection. Yeah, that'd been great. I think that's what it was, but... Um, I'm gonna scroll down if you don't if, forget about Cat Quest Two. Cat Quest Two. Surprisingly, I might be joking. You might think I'm joking here, but Cat Quest was a legit game. You're not the only person who said Cat Quest Cat is legit. Cat Quest Two is just that continuation. Like, if you like cats and you like that, that you know, top down or yeah, top down like Zelda style gameplay. Cat Quest is actually pretty sweet. I actually watched a lot of it because of because of my wife, and then I ended up getting like so interested in what she was playing that I uh, I ended up playing some of it myself. It's fun. So Cat Quest Two come, coming out. Uh, what is that? Fall Fall of this year. Yeah. Um, now we got we were getting close here to the point where they you know we were actually once they were showing Cat Quest a few years they were showing off. The, the rapid fire like they do at the end of some yeah. of these showcases where, boom, it's quick, quick trailers where they're not, like, putting quips in between. Um, and so, again, we can skip over a lot of these because, again, you can find the full list. Uh, they're available online. Uh, you can go watch the the event. It's about 23 minutes and enjoy it. But the next one that I know, uh, I, I know it's a day one buy for Grimm on September 6th. Best Friends Forever, yeah. Well, Best Friends Forever, the <laughs> dog adoption simulator. Um why waste why waste 15 seconds of the direct to show us about a dog adoption simulator? I don't know. A uh, creature in the well. Yeah. That's the yes. like it's like the combat is pinball based, which is Grimm's jams. I do like pinball. And it's you know a top-down hack and slash action game where you're bouncing, you know, projectiles around off like pinball pads. It looks like a really cool game. And that's one of the games on this on this showcase. I was like, yeah, depending on what that's priced at, I could see me adding that to my Switch library just because it looks like a fun and unique experience that plays into uh, more my style of gameplay. Yeah, it looks really cool. I, I want it for sure. The 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 pinball like aspect of it looks very unique and I'm I'm just really hoping that it plays well because I think that'll be that type of game that I get hooked on real quick and want to just complete it. And unless there's any more Grim wants to get to, I'll take us into the final game that was announced during the Indie World Showcase. Yeah, I think there's one that you definitely missed that we have to talk about. It, it, was it uh, Northgard? Was that the one that you, that was the shooter? Um, or was that height? It might have been that. Oh yeah, you're right. There was that. I, I think al- it's North. I've already forgotten about it. Moments after, no, no, no. North Guard was actually one that looked cool. I this looks like an RTS, like Viking style RTS, oh, okay. which that alone could have me real interested. Was it hypercharged unboxed? Is what it was. Oh, probably. Then. Hypercharged unboxed. Um, is a first-person yeah. shooter coming to the Switch where you play as action figures. And I'm a big sucker for this as like a sub-genre of games. Anything that's like you play as toys yeah. in like kids' rooms and around like a household environment, Micro- I always find really interesting. Micro wheels. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I just love, I just think it's it's even just like, so imaginative and fun. Even when Forza came out with their Hot Wheels yeah. like uh, track and all that stuff. So, yeah, this looked like. It looks really cool. It looked real cool. Like, you see people like with Nerf, you see like characters with Nerf guns, and then you see, yeah, it looks, it looks like a lot of fun. Um, it could be a disaster for all we know, but the uh, the short clip we saw definitely mi- had my uh, my interest. Is, that, is he carrying a, a Duracell battery right there? Yeah, and, oh, and nice. visually, it actually looks nice. It does. No, it looks good. Um, which you know, it, it looks it looks like it's playing to the Switch's strength. So yeah, um, that, that's a game that uh, you know, I'm, I'm very curious to see price wise what that comes in at, and also you know, does it have local multiplayer? Like what 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 features are going to be presented in this game, or is it just a campaign? Yeah. So that that was the one that I figured we should touch base on before we move to the the announcement, the coup de gras, the main event. So you know, as Nintendo always does, they wrap up their uh, their little uh, showcases or their Nintendo directs with a oh, but we have one more thing. Yeah, and then it you know fades out and it fades in to a familiar looking forest illuminated by a, a blue glow in the background, and the music creeps in whimsically, and you can you can just sort of feel the tingle just a little bit, and somewhere. About seventy feet from my location, I can hear Grim getting an erection. <laughs> Damn, I thought I was being really sneaky about that one. No, you have to start wearing sweatpants uh, the days of direct if you don't want me to hear it. Yeah. Um. So I was just kind of flipping through my phone and saw. Didn't even realize the indie world was going on honestly today. So I was like, "It's a good thing one of us on the show pays attention." Yeah, to it's a on. good thing, right? And so I um. I see, like, the post about Ori coming to the Switch. I'm like, oh, my God. And, like, really, in the moment of me just trying to finish that line, um, Bob, our, our good friend Bobby sends me a Facebook message. He's like, all caps, Ori on the Switch. And I'm like, I am like, I just saw it. It's amazing. And then you know, I'm jumping in the Discord sharing it because uh, Ori in the Blind Forest is uh, such a – it's such a – Big game for me. It's one of my all-time favorites, and you know, I'm super excited for the sequel to come out uh, early next year. But Ori and the Blind Forest is one of my favorite Metroidvania games. It's honestly, I, I tell everybody, it is the game that got. It's the Metroidvania game that got me back into that genre. So, like, I hadn't played a Metroid game in a long time. Sure, I was a fan of them, but like, I just hadn't touched that style of game. And not that there was a ton of options for me to touch, you know, to play that game. Well, I think this was one of the games that really, you know, like you had your Axiom Verges and and a few others, but this this would have been in that first wave of Metroidvania games that really helped reignite the genre to. It seems like now. Once a month, there's a new Metroidvania yeah. game coming out, but this is one that uh, Ori does it very uniquely. It does it in a very pretty art style. Well, every aspect of the game. So, I mean, the mechanics are super unique, and they work so well. The music is so fitting and, and pulls you into the game. The visuals make you know give you, like, chills and and excitement like it really does such a good job of just making you care about everything that's going on in the game and that's that's uh, sometimes a difficult thing to do when you have 
characters that don't really talk and they don't really necessarily tell a story. It's by your actions and, and seeing things kind of play out that you realize what's going on here. And so there's a, some narration, but again, as the game kind of goes on, it gets kind of quiet, and you're just you're just kind of in awe of like the amazing just world you're in. And so like I'll ne- I just to me I always go back to kind of the first thing you do in the game where when you get to like your first kind of real challenge and it's a tree and you have to like scale the tree, but then like water erupts and starts rushing up the tr- you're inside the tree, so it starts rushing up and you basically it's a race like you have to just sit there and be perfect. So it's it's kind of like a speed run without being a speed run. Like you, and that's the thing about this game is that there's slower points where you're just having fun and you're enjoying the mechanics, and then the game will speed up in sections to really push you to see if you're good enough to get through it. And that's why I think this game to me is so special is that they blend that super meat boy style mixed with just more of a traditional Metroidvania game. Um, very well where there's just those sections that you have to like when you right when you jump you now have to make every jump after that perfect for the foreseeable future until you get through this section after that you go back to a metroidvania game and it just works and it creates tension it creates excitement and the game is just super special well, we're, uh, we're looking at having a long show here, so let's wrap up our uh, indie discussion. But uh, Ori and the Blind Force Definitive Edition drops on the Switch uh, coming up quick, September 27th. So I will be picking at, this end up. End of next month. I will be picking this up. Oh, September 27th. I'm bummed. I just got bummed. You thought it was August 27th. I was ready to take it to PAX. Do you, do you, do you, know, do you know why you thought that? Because I told you it comes out on the 27th, yeah. because I also thought it was in a couple weeks. Okay. Well, I mean, I'd still pick it up, but I was I was going to take it to uh, to PAX and, pl- and play it on the plane. But, oh, well, I got plenty of other options. So, yeah, very excited. Uh, but let's move into our last topic, and that is the Halo Infinite Scare, we'll call it. Um, it's been It's been a... A, a week for for Xbox fans as uh, Halo Infinite has lost its creative director Tim Longo, um, who has left 343 entirely just a year before the game is set to launch. Longo was also the creative director for Halo Five, and the move has unsettled fans about the state of the project. So, um. I'm, any, anytime you lose a, a head director, like yeah, there's questions for sure. But my problem or my thing about this is is this is that last sentence that I read, which is uh, Longo was the creative director for Halo Five. So if anything, this actually makes Halo Infinite better that he's leaving, because I hated Halo Five. <laughs> if that's the man behind Halo Five, we are in good shape now that he's gone. <laughs> And I'm sorry if you liked Halo Five because of multiplayer or whatever. Then good for you. But the but I played. Then Halo- you're an ass hat yeah. freeloader, toxic <laughs> dick. But I played. I played, listen to our pre-show. <laughs> yeah, I hate. I played Halo Five, and the story pissed me off so bad that it tore me out of the whole Halo franchise. Halo franchise for quite a while before I kind of like gave like forgave it and came back. But I mean, here's the thing, like. He's a creative director. Yes, he he was someone that was making some calls, but you got your you have your whole team that's building this game, and decisions aren't just the creative director, and that's why they're coming in and basically saying like, 
um, that this is a not a big deal because the head the head studio director, which his name is uh, Chris Lee, is still in position and still in control of the game and and had been uh, really kind of overseeing it. So this is kind of just a transition and not necessarily going to shake anything too much up. But this this came off when they, when I say that they had a rough week. This came up off uh, following the news that Halo Infinite would would have a triple A player investment experience. Like that was actually like a quote, triple A player investment experience. And so that kind of um, that includes microtransactions. And people kind of got up in arms and freaked out about it. And it's like, okay, well I get that, but. What game in today's society doesn't have microtransactions? I mean, I'm playing Wolfenstein Youngblood right now, and it has micro like you could do microtransactions in it if you want skins for a single player first person like adventure shooter. Like, why am I going to spend real money on that? I don't. I maybe some some people probably did, but I don't get it. Anyways, it's everywhere. So. The uh, you know this got kind of brought up right around with what we talked about earlier with uh, in our pre-show about Apex Legends and their and their recent kind of outburst revolving around their microtransactions and expensive and not worth it and blah blah blah. So of course when Halo started kind of talking about this player experience revolving around microtransactions, people got worried. So. This last week's been a little rough for Xbox, but people are saying that um, it's it's not a big deal. Microsoft maintains that the big boss studio head, Chris Lee, is still uh, the one guiding everything. Um, so the notion is that Longo leaving doesn't necessarily uh, destabilize the project, but Microsoft has made it clear that Halo Infinite will not miss the holiday 2020 launch date, and it can't given the Microsoft has specifically sold it as the Xbox Scarlet launch title. So if, if, if this isn't a launch title, it's a disaster. Like, you True. cannot miss. You cannot miss this uh, as your launch title. So fingers crossed because I was actually, I'm pretty excited for this game. But, I mean, overall... This is uh, this is a little little bit of a concern. We don't, and the other thing that they don't really talk about is why did he leave? You know, you've been working on Halo Infinite. You've been working on this this kind of this relaunch of this franchise, a franchise that everyone knows, and then you walk away from it. And that's kind of weird. You know, like yeah. like the creative director of God of War. Like, think of Corey, like walking away from God of War a year before it launched after putting in like the work that he put into God of War. Like to me, unless unless there's something else they're not telling us, or there's problems, you know, or the yeah. or it's the next anthem, um, you know, like I don't know what what could be because they're they're not disclosing anything on either side of this of this deal. But bottom line. Which to me says there, that means there's a problem because if he it was stepping down for personal reasons yeah. or got another opera, you know, I think if if it was personal reasons, you know, like hey, it turns out there's an illness in his family and he needs to step down to take care of things. I think, I think that statement would be made and there would be you know we w- you know wish you the best, you know, thank you for contributing to Halo. The fact that it was just like he's no longer part of the project, like he's left, like. 
to me, that means there was a problem one side or the other or both. Yeah, and I think we'll probably hear some more about this uh, in the coming days as far as uh, some stuff starting to kind of leak out or maybe Tim himself finally, uh, you know, maybe talking about it a little bit more. But, I mean, a lot of times when it's, it's a, you know, a pretty, like, healthy split, you hear about, like, so-and-so, they're leaving because they want to start their own project or their own, you know, their own company or they're going to move over here and do this. Like, it's kind of a little bit more just public and out there. This is this is kind of uh, abrupt with no explanation. And the only thing that you got Microsoft doing is saying, don't worry, we still got we still got these guys and we're still going to hit holiday. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. Well, that's been our attack on the news for these topics and much more. Visit GameZillaMedia.com. Check out the blog, the YouTube content, everything that we got going on, you can find right at the website, GameZillaMedia.com. Let's get into the Zilla update. All right. Zilla update this week. Ah. So, before we talk about our gaming moments of the week, any news... Yeah, we gotta do the other thing. Let's do our uh, our Patreon influence mm. of the week. So, like I mentioned earlier in the show, when I was talking about the benefits of being a patron, patreon.com slash gamesillamedia, uh, we are trying some new things and you know want to make sure that you're getting uh, value out of your uh, investment and support with us here on Gamezilla. And uh, you know, we're gonna start doing uh, an open call to our patrons to say hey what do you want us to talk about this week on the gamezilla podcast and this week we had uh i know our patron uh our boy bmc aka uh the race car king aka mr Moneybags, aka make it rain in the club all the time throwing around your cash button masher caleb and he said hey I had my first experience with Beat Saber at Nerd Barbecue 5.0. We'll talk about the Nerd Barbecue some more in a few minutes. And it was so much fun. He said, I never thought of myself as a VR guy, but I am much more interested in the future uh, than I used to be when it comes to VR. Is it worth picking up a PSVR on the cheap, like a secondhand market for occasional play? Uh, or should he wait until the next gen comes out? Do you have any experience or thoughts on the Oculus Quest? Just curious if your VR opinions have changed at all with what seems to be a renewed push from Sony and Oculus. That's from Moneybags Caleb. All right, listen up, Moneybags Caleb. VR is a scam. It's stupid. Anybody that wears a VR headset is an asshat, and uh, no, you shouldn't waste your money on it. And a freeloader. Yeah. Listen to the Patreon pre-show to get those jokes. I can't see anything. And this is an also an audio medium, but Grim's wearing his PSVR right now. Oh, yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. I also can't see anything. This I, is not I, got, I got nervous. I thought I was going to have to buy a PlayStation VR after the Nerd Barbecue. Because, Grim, do you think my wife played Beat Saber for, what, three hours? <laughs> she played a lot, and she got She's really... She's killing it. Yeah, she, she got really good really quick. I was like, "Wow, we might have found we might have found her uh, her calling when it comes to gaming," but uh, yeah. So a lot of you know during the nerd barbecue, which just happened over the weekend, uh, a lot of VR was played on the PlayStation VR. That's the only one that I currently own, and uh, yeah, it was uh, a lot of fun. Uh, Beat Saber is that game that like I really have enjoyed um, VR for. I haven't really played anything else. 
So my my thought to BMC is maybe um, maybe wait. You know, I think see what next gen brings, especially the fact that I think place you know PlayStation has already talked about how the current VR uh, PlayStation VR is compatible with it's going to be compatible with PS5 tells me that like right out the gate you're going to get a ps5 and we probably won't see the successor to the psvr until maybe a year into the ps5 so how affordable could a psvr be you know end of life super end of life ps4 early ps5 maybe you can grab one used like i did but for a a lot less type deal so the secondary market that's yeah yeah the secondary market is where i like i wouldn't go out and buy a brand new vr right now um, the the Oculus um, what was it the the Quest Quest is the new that's small the, one yeah. yeah it's the small one that's like um, wireless right like yeah. it's all kind of self contained I mean that, that price point wise I don't think that's too bad like it's not crazy so maybe that's something that if you wanted to at least get into the technology and mess around with it but you know um, overall like if you get a PS you're a PlayStation I know he's a PlayStation guy so if you can get into a PSVR uh, and find one for hundred bucks because I know there's been a couple opportunities out there recently that he's tried to get one. Um, you know, I think I got mine for 150, and it, came, it was it came with you know everything. It was the uh, the the deluxe edition with the Move controllers and all that type of stuff, and um, so and it came with Skyrim and everything. So I, I spent 150 bucks used, and yeah, I, I, version two of the PSVR is a nice upgrade, but it still has its problems. It's still crazy hot to wear and and you're and crazy sweaty so as we're sitting here trying to have this experience of multiple people playing this game we're busy wiping down the machine because every time we take it off someone's head it's just dripping in sweat and um you know so it, it has its issues i think the resolution is still way too low uh with the technology that's out there i'd like to see a much higher resolution vr system but um you know and, and his point to the games and how, like, it's good to see that p- people are supporting it. Like, I don't want to say people aren't supporting VR. Like, I know I was on a uh, soapbox where I, like, thought VR was dead. Um, I don't think that. I think there's definitely VR games. But I don't want to sit there and say there's a ton of support. Because if you want to go right now on to, say, PlayStation Store and search just PSVR... What VR is right now is the shovelware of video games. Like there's it's, it's so, half-assed ports of so full titles. So much just trash. You got the half-assed ports, but then you also have a ton of just weird, like interactive experiences that they're trying to pass off as a video game that like you go pay twenty bucks for, and it's like a like an hour worth of content, and then you're done. Like it's just. I don't necessarily think the support is is there like maybe he thinks there is. Beat Saber is a really is a good example of like something done right, but even Beat Saber isn't getting enough music uh, addition to it. There's not enough new tracks heading. Like, like I noticed that they didn't seem like there were very many songs there. Yeah, and that's the thing is that you looked at um, you were looking there and like once so up to the Monster Cat uh, album mm-hmm. that was when I bought the game I got all of that. So since I bought that game, 
The only thing they've added is an Imagine Dragons pack, which I didn't buy because I just don't want it. Yeah, like, thank God you didn't buy that because yeah. I'd have to burn your really cool Spider-Man PlayStation because Imagine Dragons is yeah. a trash band. Now, I do like, um, Miggy brings up a good point. They did announce that like No Man's Sky is going to be adding a VR function. Mm-hmm. Like That's a game that, in, that, really that cool. VR aspect of it really does sound cool. The problem comes down to those types of games is the disorientation that you can get from the movement is that when I played games like um, Resident Evil 7 or which was a cool had a cool like a, actually had a really well done VR uh, aspect to it where you could play the entire game in VR if you wanted um, or uh, Robinson's The Journey like I could only play 15 minutes and then I would get sick. But then games like Riggs, which, again, I know they shut down and everything, but Riggs was a game that, like, I could sit there and play hours and not have sickness. So if it's done right, it could be really cool. If it's done wrong, then I think people are going to have problems playing long long term, and No Man's Sky is not a quick grab-play drop game. So, like, say, Beat Saber. Yeah. But yeah, I, I personally would wait unless you can find, like, a steal on, like, that Facebook marketplace, eBay, whatever it may be. Well, there you go. If you want uh, if you want to contribute to a topic we talk about next week on the GameZilla podcast, patreon.com slash GameZilla Media, and uh, go ahead and make your suggestion there, and we will be happy to talk about it. Um, Grim, you want to hit gaming moments of the week and uh, call it a show? Yeah, that's fine. All right, let's get the track back in. <sighs> Let me go first. Okay. So... <clears throat> A year in the making. A year of harassment. A a year of letting you down as my friend. Uh A year of me failing to live up to my own hype as a video game fan. All came to fruition this week as I hopped on the PlayStation Store and saw that oh god saw that <laughs> Spider-Man by Insomniac was only $15.99 on sale and i said to myself deadite you can't say no to a game like that for 16 bucks the deluxe edition with the uh city that never sleeps dlc packs three of the dlc packs for just $23.99. And I was like, I I guess today's the day. I like to buy my games physical edition, but when it's that cheap for that value, I had to do it. I pulled the trigger. I downloaded the game. I text my wife. I was like, listen, I know we got to mow the lawn. I know we got some stuff we got to do tonight. But by 830 tonight, I'm trying to, uh, trying to get going on this Spider-Man game. I booted up. She sucked into it like we're watching a movie right away. I'm into it. Sling my first web, going through the city, and I'm like, yep. I wasted an entire year of my life not, not playing this game. Finally. It's it's super fun. I Visually, it's a beautiful game. The sun's setting over Manhattan. I'm swinging in between buildings, and I'm like, this game looks pretty up on my, my 4K TV. And... Um, it's just fun. I just like Spider-Man, so it wasn't a hard sell. So 
I know I'm, I'm finally making the time to play it and I'm really glad that I am. I don't need to gush to, over a game that's critically re- reviewed and that all, most people that listen to this podcast who own a PlayStation have played, but um, I'm sure I'll have more to talk about about the game in the coming weeks. I'm, I'm like four hours-ish into the game. So um, I've played okay. a few missions and collected some backpacks and it's great. What do you think of the uh, story so far? So far, it's good. I just finished the first uh, MJ mission where you have to play as MJ. I don't know if there's more we have to play as MJ, but I just finished that. And it's 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 kind of one of those things. I'm like, it's cool that we take these little breaks to play as like other characters and solve puzzles. And but maybe I want that later in the game. I feel yeah. like early on, I'm like, no, I want to be slinging webs and, and whipping ass. I think the thing about it though is that in, in a um the way they did it, when when I heard you had to play as like her and just as normal Peter Parker type deal like parts, I was like turned. I didn't like that idea, and then I played it and was like, they made it where this was enjoyable. They yeah. made it where I actually cared and wanted to you know get didn't want to just rush through that part. And so um, you know, kudos to them for that. But. Yeah, I mean, I'm super happy that you're playing it, and and I'm looking forward to you getting a little bit further because I think it, it was it, the initial shock of like, wow, this is sweet, wow, this is everything that we thought it was gonna be, and then like you kind of like it kind of just ramps up and ramps up, like you just kind of keep hitting these like doorways that open up into and just open the world up a little bit more and you just get more and more excited about the game, which is usually the opposite of like an open world game. You kind of get bored. Right, because you're doing the same stuff. So I think when you're done, and we talk about how Insomniac decided to de- to design how the open world works, it's actually unique when you, in, in a way of how they did it. But I don't want to I don't want to give anything away, so um, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, my gaming moment of the week would have to be the. I mean, the Nerd Barbecue, right, was super special. Uh, we have it every year. We did a little bit more low-key this year, which is what I was aiming for. We had 25, 30 people still come through overall. It was, it was a good time. Um, but it just we were able to kind of lay chill back and actually, like, play games and just have fun. And I was actually able to interact with everybody. Uh, I think the last couple of years just got so big that uh, I would miss people completely. I'd be like, wait, who came by? I never saw them. So I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed um, the VR. I actually snapped in my head to bring it down kind of late. So uh, I was really happy to see how many people enjoyed it. And um, I also really enjoyed it. I brought my Switch down a little bit late and fired up the uh, Timberman verse. And that got some that got some real good play. Um, I feel like we might see that at a Morelli uh, gaming tournament here at some point. We can hope. Yeah, but um, no. With with all of that being said, though, my personal gaming moment is I did pick up a new graphics card uh, for my computer. I picked up a 2070 Super because well, well, I was trying to get one, but they've been sold out. Like they're difficult to find. Yeah. Um, a lot of their bang the bang for the buck people are people are eating them up real quick so anyways uh our, our micro center here got them in stock I, I had to go there to get a new sound card for the studio computer and while i was there i just decided to grab one 
when I bought one, I forgot that they have a promotion right now of you, when you buy this, when you buy this, any of the RTX 2000 series, you get um, a pre-order for the game Control, which will be coming out later this month. Oh yeah, it looks cool. Yeah, it looks interesting. And then you also get Wolfenstein Youngblood. And so the first thing I did after installing the card is I fired up League and just wanted to see how it would run. You know, ran great. I think uh, you know the problem with League is it's not designed to be optimized with like a state-of-the-art graphics card. You're not going to see day and night difference, but I noticed small differences, and so I really wanted to see what ray tracing was all about. What 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 was this 2000 series really all about? Why is it 10 times more powerful than my 1070 that I current that I had before? And so I downloaded Youngblood, uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood, and most of you that know me know I've, I've bought every new Wolfenstein game and I've played maybe three levels combined of the first two game, games. Not because they weren't fun and not because I didn't, that they weren't like good. I just, for some reason, it just didn't hold my attention. Don't know why. And so I download this game. I fire it up because I'm thinking I'll just play like the tutorial and then I'll go to bed. And I get in there. Um, it starts the cutscene start. And my first thought is, wow, this looks amazing. You know, and I'm playing it with the with the new graphics card on the um, new uh, ultra wide Alienware monitor I have. And I'm just like, this is awesome looking, but it's a cutscene. So let's pump the brakes. And then we get to the first mission or the tutorial slash first mission and I'm hooked and I'm, I'm, I'm a person that is still learning to be comfortable with the keyboard mouse controls of, of a shooter style game. But I got, I got pretty comfortable with the button layout here pretty quick and just started having like fun because the game was so smooth. The, the environment looked so good and um, I finally kind of, see what this whole like ray tracing technology is all about like i you know i never i've read about it but i've never i've never actually seen it um so it's really cool and this game ran better than man better better than any game i've probably played in quite a while as far as like a console or obviously any pc game i played with my old graphics card this was like smooth to the point where i'm like i need to update apex legends i need to update destiny 2 i really want to see what some of these games can do as long as they're compatible with with the technology and so yeah it's uh it's impressive the cool thing about the 2070 super is it's like not that this is cheap but it's 499 it's cheap in the, in the eyes of a graphics card it's cheap um and the power that you get out of it is pretty impressive compared to say you know a 2080 ti that you're going to drop 1300 dollars on it, you know it's still a really really good card so yeah you're not buying state-of-the-art but you're right next door to it so um yeah that was my game moment of the week was being it, it's been a little while since i like sat back at technology and was like wow I actually have something wow me and and this is it so Things like um, Cyberpunk 2077 that's really talking about how much they're going to be using ray tracing and everything in excites me for that I to the point where I might actually play that on a, on PC over uh, a console. Yeah. Again, we're talking next gen consoles here. They're supposed to have ray tracing, so we'll see. But wow, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Well, 
It's been a good week in gaming for us between the barbecue and yeah. playing some new games. Absolutely. So let us know what you're doing or what you did over the weekend or what your plan what, what your plans are coming up. But uh, you can always talk with everybody from the community in our Discord. So go to gameslowmedia.com, uh, click on that Discord button, ran the homepage, and join the fun community of gamers from around the world talking games every day. If you're just stumbling upon the Games Little Podcast, maybe it's your first time listening to us, or you know, maybe you've listened to us for uh, years that we've been on, uh, but maybe you've never listened to any of the other great podcasts that are available at GameZillaMedia.com, our retro gaming podcast, The Legend of Retro, Tabletop Gaming, Noobs and Dragons, a brand new campaign is starting. So uh, make sure you subscribe to Noobs and Dragons and enjoy that story. Uh, Last Action Podcast to cover action movies, and uh, it's a kick-ass time. And, of course, Noiseland Arcade, our show all about The Simpsons, which I think is the greatest TV show ever made. So uh, head over to GameZillaMedia.com and uh, give, a, give a listen to all of our shows. And, uh, hey, on top of that, whatever platform you listen to the GameZilla Podcast on, maybe it's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, we're, we're all over the place, write us a review, leave us five stars, uh, help your boys out because we uh, we can get exposed to more people if uh, you, you help us you know get notched up those uh, those ag- el- algorithms with uh, with higher searchability for higher reviews. So help us out. It doesn't cost you a thing to uh, to give us a review and give us some stars. So we'd appreciate that. And that's across the board in all of our games and little podcasts. Especially right now on iTunes, they just changed all their categories around for the first time, like in ever. So uh, gaming and hobbies has actually been eliminated completely, and now it's just turned into the leisure category, which is where we fall. So um, reviews now on iTunes could help us a ton with kind of reestablishing, and because and, this is kind of, if you think about it, it's a, it's a reset button for, uh, for everybody. So yeah. instead of being buried, we have that opportunity of uh, climbing higher up in the ranks, uh, easier. So even if you don't use iTunes, if you have a way to go to iTunes and just leave a review and then uninstall iTunes, we appreciate it. (laughs) Absolutely. Just steal your mom's iPhone and write us a review on there. And, uh, you know, yeah. Or if you know me and you need to borrow my phone and build a uh, an additional account so that you can write a review, I would be more than happy to Let's help. Let's start you. smurfing our reviews. I don't want to smurf them. I want Let's start one. smurfing. I've been doing it for years. Well, then how come we only have like forty reviews? <laughs> because I'm not good at it. <laughs> oh, okay, All that's right. fair enough. Uh, don't forget, check us out. Uh, you know, go and view our videos on YouTube. Uh, we have streamers. You can uh, get notification on when all of our streamers go live. In our Discord channel, we're really all about our Discord channel. We have blogs. Uh, our boy Sphinx from the Last Action Podcast is writing blogs about classic music albums now. And uh, I can't talk about the Discord enough. That's where our community lives and is vibrant. You know we're on all the different social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. But really the uh, the bread and butter of our community that we've built that got to enjoy us hanging out in person at the Nerd Barbecue lives in our Discord. Join our Discord today. Yeah, and then lastly, just on a, a personal note, if you're going to be hanging out at the uh, NALCS Summer Championship um, for League of Legends at the Little Caesars Arena this weekend, let us know. Hit us up in the Discord or, or social media. We'll be down there with a, a large group of us just enjoying all day Saturday, the festivities starting at 11 a.m. and 
going until the game's over, and then Sunday we'll be there for the, the finals. So um, make sure to uh, hit us up if you want to meet up and hang out for a little bit. And then the following weekend, if you're in that Seattle area, if you're going to PAX West, again, let us know because Craig WK and myself will be on the uh, the PAX floor hanging out and, and just having a good time. So we'd uh, love to hang out with anybody that's going to be at the convention. So that's about it. That's all, that's all I have. So just remember, we are your elite free DLC for all your gaming news. And until next time, game, game on. on. Yes, yeah, hat. It's time for some VR.